Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd, and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, And by this we know that we have come to know Him, if we keep His commandments. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not keep His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. In my journey with Jesus, I've often wondered, in certain circumstances, Lord, what do I do now? What's my next move? I need an answer. I need it now. When we're put in these tough situations, we need the Holy Spirit to tell us what to do. What's my next move? Let's go, go, go. But when things are moving fast and I don't have time to sit down and spend time with the Lord in prayer, what do I do? Well, I've learned a few things about the Lord, and one of them is to always be ready to be a witness. And that's difficult. That's difficult because we have to contend with our own flesh, our own humanity, our own selfishness. Jesus' disciples, they failed to cast out an evil spirit, and Jesus had to do it for them. And later they came to him and asked why they couldn't do it. You know, they were spending time with Jesus. They were trying their best. What happened? And in Mark chapter 9, verse 28, it says, When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. So in this context, I don't believe prayer just means to say a prayer. Oh Lord, I pray that you cast this evil spirit out. I think that it's much deeper than that. I think the lesson that Jesus was telling his disciples, and he was giving them the example by going out and spending a lot of time in prayer. When we are serious in prayer, and we're doing it continually, we're giving glory to God, we're praising him, we're listening to him, then in that process, we begin to become closer to him. And I think that the only way really to overcome the power of evil is to be filled continually with the power of God, because the power of God is stronger than the power of evil, infinitely stronger. But that requires us making prayer a priority in our lives. And when we are prayed up, quote-unquote, that's a phrase I heard years ago, and I use it because you need to be prayed up. I need to have my prayer life in check. It needs to be something that's notable and continual, and that sets my mind on things above, as Paul says to those believers in Colossians chapter 3, 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality. There it is again. It's always at the beginning of the list in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the Corinthians, to the Galatians, and here to the Colossians. Don't do it impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk coming from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. So right there, our minds are supposed to be focused on God. If we want to do good and be rewarded by God, be blessed by God, spend eternity with God, and all these things that the Bible promises for believers, if we want to do those things, then our minds need to be renewed, reprogrammed, if you will. 
And this is kind of a hard thing since many of us are prone to lash out when we get irritated. You know, things are going good and then someone says something really out of line and we just want to wring their neck. But when that happens, who is watching us? Everybody. But if we're exercising self-control, which is something the Holy Spirit gives us, we can be a good witness even when we are getting the short end of the stick. 1 Peter 3.17, for it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. So sometimes we have to suck it up and suffer. In my career, I had to endure some of the most ridiculous behavior among adults I've ever seen. These people who have totally screwed up their lives because of their habit of always acting on impulse, making really bad decisions, and then blaming others for their mistakes. There's a bunch of people out there like that. And on rare occasions, I would falter and I would engage in their rant and tell them to shut up or something like that. But most of the time, I tried to just take it because that was good business. It wasn't necessarily because I'm a good person. It was because, okay, this is the best course of action for this. You don't engage with this person according to their folly because things may blow up. If you have a concordance or Bible software, search for the word folly and you'll see Several books in the Bible make mention of folly a few times in the book, one or two times, most of them, with the exception of Proverbs, where it's spoken of in nearly every chapter. And you read these verses, and it becomes clear that folly is really something we need to avoid, not only in our own lives, but we need to avoid people who are foolish, who are wrapped up in folly. But resisting the urge to engage in a verbal battle with foolish people, it takes discipline and commitment. And it's hard. We have to overcome our impulses. We have to overcome our tendencies. We have to overcome our desire for vengeance. And it's difficult. But I found that trusting God and praying for those jerks that I can't stand really helps bring me to that place where I'm actually closer to God. And that love of God that's poured out into my heart, Romans 5, 5, by the Holy Spirit begins to compel me to love these people. And I really don't want to. But in many of the cases when I'm doing this, something cool happens. And then at the end of it, it's like, man, if I would have acted on impulse and would have really put that person in their place, this thing that happened that was cool wouldn't have happened and it would have been ugly. And God knows that. So doing good things, being kind, taking the brunt of people's verbal abuse and just being a witness, going, okay, all right, all right, okay, man, whatever. If there's going to be any good that comes out of it, that's the best way to do it. God knows that. We just need to trust him. Because God is kind, therefore I need to be kind. Luke 6.35, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, or daughters of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. And God was kind to me before I was a believer, and I was ungrateful and I was evil. He goes on and says, be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. So being kind in those moments of adversity, it really pays off because that's what God does. On the other hand, when things are good and I have the opportunity to do good to those who deserve it, I find another weird thing happening. I want to disengage and I don't want to do anything really good. I just kind of want to sit there and go, okay, how long is this going to take? You know, this is also the flesh. The flesh is deceitful in many different ways. So if someone gets honored for something they deserve, then I need to congratulate them and support their recognition instead of making excuses like, you know, that guy's a brown noser something like that, or whatever. The boss just likes him, you know. Uh-uh. If they deserve it, then we need to step up to the plate and say, good work, man. That was awesome. Or you get bumped from the promotion and somebody else gets it, which has happened to me, and I knew the guy that got it was better than me. You know, and I didn't have any problem going, hey, you deserve it. I had no issue with that at all because I knew he deserved it better than I do. But what happens when you believe he didn't? You do good. Proverbs three twenty seven. do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. 
So doing good is required by God to please Him and be an example for others. 1 Peter 3.10, For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So we don't just do good for goodness sake. Rather, we do good that we may please God and be unashamed before him. I want to be blessed by God. I like having God's favor in my life, even though I don't deserve it. Psalm 34, 14, turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Psalm 37, 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I can attest to that. That's another episode. Commit your way to the Lord, trust him and he will act. God takes care of us. He totally does if we do things his way. Psalm 37, 27, turn away from evil and do good, so shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints or believers. They are preserved forever. But the children of the wicked that I used to be, I was like that. I was a child of the wicked. I was wicked, shall be cut off. So if we want God to bless our lives and we want to be with him forever, then let's live our lives as he has called us. Let's be faithful and do what his word says, and we'll be blessed. Thank you.